0: Uh, what we did is a concert with Armani uh, White. Looking online, I discovered he's really a rising star of the American rap scene. He's one of the most streamed artists of the year in the U.S. So. And uh, we made a concert with him uh, in the in VR in social VR uh, with an innovative concept about the multiverse. So you could uh, navigate. Uh, In the same environment, you could navigate from one style to the other, like traveling uh, across parallel universes while listening to the concert. In Oxymor, uh, which initial job was uh, a journey in a city while you were listening to the music, for instance. So it's always trying to do something which is uh, cool, innovative, a bit crazy, and showing them you can deliver something like that. Of course, they like it because they're artists and they know that it's something they can share on social media, they can say they did it so it's cool and they're satisfied also themselves.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of XR and AI Spotlight, the show where we give the stage to innovators, technologists, and entrepreneurs who shine at the intersection between XR and AI. Today, we have with us Anthony Vitillo, AKA the SCAR ghost. He is a CTO with two lives. At night, he codes building mixed reality apps with mixed reality implemented since 2019 like Motion Reloaded, and most recently has launched their own event live with one of the biggest artists in the US scene on a platform called Vroom. And during the day, instead, he is an active blogger having gathered a big following Uh, and position himself as one of the experts at the intersection within XR. So it is a great pleasure to have uh, Anthony here with me, and now let's roll the titles. One question I had, so you recently, you and your team, right, uh, recently launched a music event on your own platform, right? Vroom. I mean, what is it and how did it go?
0: Well, um, you know, uh, in 2019, for uh, I, like in many things in my life, uh, start by chance, a bit like the nickname. In 2019, a bit by chance, a bit just to experiment something new, I started working with uh, Luca Ciuttolo, the CEO of Rome. That, I uh, was a company at that time, mostly, uh let's say, promoting the selected movies in film festivals, like Venice, like Cannes, uh, these kind of things. Uh, but the CEO really wanted to experiment with VR because it was a bit—it uh, was a great passion. Was I a, a great passion for the technology, so wanted to see if there was a way to make this event happen like in virtual reality. I was looking for someone to collaborate with. He started writing in various groups and in a WeChat group. We were both together. I read about it I said, okay, let's do something together. Let's see how it goes. So fast forward the four years, a few awards won, a few crazy nights uh, organized already. Um, basically, we felt the need to have our own platform because um, We've we done lots of work in VRChat, which is an amazing platform. Uh, I still love it, uh, but uh, we felt the need to have something that was really tailored towards concerts, events and festivals. So with the feature set that was specific for that, VRChat is amazing, but it's more general purpose so more to make people socialize. And so that's why we started uh, the work like one year, and more or less one year and some months ago. and. Um, uh, the thing that I discovered, maybe we'll have the opportunity to speak about it, is that uh, making your own platform is super complicated and super difficult, super long and super expensive. Uh, but still now, we are uh, we are managing to obtain some results. So a few days ago, to be exact, on the 7th of November, we launched uh, what we call our, uh, internally we call it our beta, then externally, I guess, is something like early access. So let's say we are still building the product, this just uh, lots of bugs, etc. Um, but it has already enough feature set to be good because now you can go to the application that is called the Brom, B-R-R-O-O-M, on all major VR stores and you go there, there are a few events you can attend and there are also some open spaces you can go there to socialize. and. Uh, what we did in uh, 7th of November, which will be replicated this week on Thursday and Friday, is a concert with Armani uh, White. Armani White, uh, I've been very honest with you. I have no idea who he was, but uh, looking online, I discovered he's really a rising star of the American rap scene. He's one of the most streamed artists of the year in the U.S. So, really, is going a lot. And uh, we made a concert with him uh, in the, in VR, in social PR. Uh, with an innovative concept about the multiverse. Uh, so it was really the idea to do something new. And uh, people were able to go there. Uh, there has been some little problems, but uh, most of people managed to enjoy the event and uh, have fun, and this 15 minutes of music, let's say, a way of uh, living a concept
1: in VR. So that was good. Cool. So, Anthony, maybe to step back, right? You mentioned that in the VR chat was not fulfilling the need of a, Social platform geared towards events uh, and musical performances, so what are the things that you would say be adds or changes to make that possible?
0: Well, that's a good question. It's still a bit of a work in progress, but uh, there are a few things that we are already doing, for instance, uh, one that is very Interesting is, of course, the type of content we are proposing or that we are accepting, which are all towards music, theater, anyway, art in general, events. So that's uh, that's already interesting to set the tone. I mean, if someone wants to go to an event, knows that uh, going to room, find something which is interesting. Uh, then in our creation tools, we are working towards offering facilities, maybe to have live events or live music available on all platforms. Uh, also to have tools like ticketing monetization tools, which uh, now we have ChatGPT in them, but it's still more in a patron way, which is still uh, cool for their uh, kind of uh, audience. But in our case, we wanted something more akin like to real events, whether ticketing and um, these are mostly so it's tool, it's curation, it's help monetization, so trying to do something that uh, long-term people that need to do this kind of events, uh, live events, uh, know that they have a tool set in our SDK because we have a unit SDK to create experiences for our event, where are these facilities maybe for audio reactiveness, for integration with existing tools that they use, professionals in the field, something related more to audio quality, et cetera, which uh, will be integrated, some already are, and uh, in other platforms
1: are less relevant.
0: And that's why we try to differentiate this way.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And when you look at what you have done, uh, so you were, both in charge of the technical part and I suppose also from a broader perspective, right, of, of the whole product and maybe the whole experience in itself, um, what are the things that right now you would have done differently?
0: Oh, so you say with the regrets of the past <laughs> in
1: the last year. No, because, uh, no, but the main reason is because I think that people here listening can have a lot to learn from, from looking back Right. And and I wouldn't call them regrets. I would call them more like learnings, right? Because that is something that next time you can take into account.
0: Yeah, jokingly I said given the effort, I don't know if there is a next time making like a platform, <laughs> but apart from this little joke. Um so one thing that I want to highlight is that uh one thing that I've done differently I would say is a lot lots is about more uh Let's say time management uh, in the sense that uh, this is um, very, very, very time-consuming, and uh, lots of tasks are easy to be, uh, you know, uh, mis-predicted uh, in the beginning. So you see a, a task and say, "Oh, maybe this is uh, two weeks of work," and then you start digging into it and discovers two months or things like that. So one thing that uh, I i have noticed is that we are. I'm still improving myself as the CTO and trying to, you know, dictate a bit the pace on the technical side. Is really being able to understand better the difficulties of every task before starting working it and uh, uh, understanding what are all the intricacies since the beginning and forecasting better the timing. This is something that has been very difficult this month. I'm learning now that everything takes always much more than expected. So, for instance, now when I see people criticizing other platforms, I I know the effort that there is behind and uh, how everything that you think it's given for uh, granted is complicated. Like people mock a platform without uh, the the feet, but integrating full body has been uh, quite an effort. Even just uh, making more than 20 people in a room is also an effort. Everything really becomes a problem. And also the other thing on my side, which is not totally on my shoulder, but let's see that, uh, as you said, I'm anyway into lots of meetings to discuss the future of this platform is everything which is non-technical, like the marketing, for instance, because if you're marketing, you can have the best products. Number one comes, you know very well about marketing. So, you know, that is fundamental. Or uh, other things like uh, how to attract the creators, not to have an SDK, uh, how, can you convince them that is the right place to go is a platform that is being built? Uh, Even the legal side, like the GDPR, or thinking, what if someone is violating content, uh, copyrights on my platform? I mean, all these kind of things which are extra technical, but a lot as well. So um, I would say that the, the, the regret I have sometimes is really not understanding the scale of everything since the beginning. Often you notice it while you're doing stuff, you're noticing that something is missing. Or someone else making notice about implications. I will say this is what I would have done differently in uh, in my work, because for the platform per se, I will say more or less I would have done the same things that uh, we have now. So
1: I, I have no regrets on this sense. I think you made a good point. So it, it is more like trying to and get to understand and know what are. What is the scope of this talk with other people that have built something similar to get a really like better understanding of how big, how complicated this is. Because as you mentioned, indeed, when you start working about something that should be in real time, that people talk and reply, even like a few milliseconds delay might really break the experience, might really completely break the dialogue. And again, this is one of the, just one of the the many things. And you mentioned also about um, the, the creation of the event right the curation of the event i mean how do you actually recruit artists performers uh i mean how do you get them hey you know we are creating a vr concert please come over i mean does that work
0: well it depends a bit two levels of it uh, for some for the uh, the good side of it is that uh, me mod which is the ceo mod clavier louis which is the ceo are already in lots of your communities. Uh, also me and you know because of your communities. Uh, and luckily they have worked for many years uh, with creators. So we have already a lot of creators in our network which they can uh, contact directly and say, hey, we know each other, I know you do something cool, we are doing something we are doing something which we hope is cool as well. Maybe you can give it a try and uh, and so on. So on this side. I would say it's uh, rather easy in a way because we have lots of direct contacts so people that can start experimenting with what they've done. There is the other level, which is a bit more difficult, is about uh, instead the singers for our concerts, which, uh, for instance, are Money White, uh, which, as I said, is, a set is a, a quite a big artist for our scale. But even before, during the Alpha, we had three emerging French artists like uh, Coldo Web 7, Le and Maxence. And uh, the thing is that if you you can't have the same approach, if you try to go looking for friends, singers or whatever, you go nowhere. If you try to contact the big ones uh, like your social media, no one cares about you. So the thing that we, for now has been effective is uh, trying to reach out, for instance, to the labels, uh, trying different, uh, different routes, because you have to try a lot before one says yes. And also, if you have someone making introduction, it's uh, better. So maybe if you know someone, they know someone with Universal, it's easier than if you contact directly Universal. Uh, but it's still uh, a lot of work to prove you can deliver because uh, once you go speaking with these people, they say, Who are you? Because if you have, uh, like I said, your chat, they say, Okay, you're a famous platform. Everything is going to be great, etc. If you're room, you're new, so they're like, "Who are you?" And uh, why we should we give you our artists? And uh, so it's also a matter of showing them why they should trust us. Now after we say we do, we did in a lot of con uh, of concerts already. Now we've done uh, two major ones on our platform plus some minor ones, so we have some data now to show why we can do something cool. I think. Uh, but still, uh, that's a complicated part. In fact, there are some of these companies that have a dedicated department just to look for singers, curate the rights and IP of the music, etc. Because it's very complicated. It's not something you do in five minutes. You have to find the singer, find the one. You need maybe weeks of chasing people. So luckily, I'm not the one doing that. But uh, my colleagues are doing that uh, before finding even Armani White. Uh, it was a few months passing by. So. Kudos and, to them, and, because in the end they got the good singer.
1: Of course, well done, well done. And so I, th- I think that what is important is like the pitch to this artist. I mean, what kind of value do you, do you pitch? Do you position when you involve them in something like this?
0: Well, what we try to show is that... Uh we are going to do something cool, and uh, this can give uh, your value for them. So even if the metaverse now you know, is a word no one wants to say anymore, we should just say AI hey, I, I, all the time. Right. But uh, seeing them <laughs> saying them that uh, uh, they can be in a virtual world do a concert like the great people, like you know Travis Scott did, like when uh, underground they did, etc., and they can do something similar, uh, that's already an added value. And also showing them the cool concepts we have is also important because one thing that I'm proud of for my company is that uh, we are never trying to do something that is uh, useful. So, um What we always say, and this is something I always say a lot on my blog, is replicating in VR, what you can do in real life. I mean, that risks to be exactly like the the discount copy of it. Like uh, you try to replicate people in a stadium in VR and you maybe have just fake avatars doing whatever movement. While in a real stadium, you feel the energy of 50,000 people together. You can't replicate that in VR now. I'm a believer in XR. Well, maybe in 25 years, we can replicate also that, and not today. So instead of trying to go for that, which is impossible, we try to offer another experience. Like in this case, was the one of the multiverse. So you could navigate uh, in the same environment. You could navigate from one style to the other, like traveling again, uh, across parallel universes while listening to the concert in Oxymor uh, with, to do it, with Zhao, was uh, a journey in a city while you were listening to the music, for instance. So it's always trying to do something which is uh, cool, innovative, a bit crazy, and showing them you can deliver something like that. Of course, they like it because they're artists and they know that it's something they can share on social media, they can say they did it so it's cool, and they're satisfied also themselves. So the pitches are a bit about that. So you can do something new and interesting and that can be cool for you. And some of them, are, especially the ones which are a bit more innovative, they're
1: like, OK, let's do it. And, uh,
0: and then uh, the difficult part starts for
1: that moment. So when, this, when the yes comes. So from my understanding, when you mentioned this concept of multiverse, so basically the concert doesn't unfolds, let's say, on a venue but it goes through a series of places that kind of like swap one of each other and that somehow tell a story while the the concert is playing if I understand that correctly
0: it's uh, a bit like that Uh, let's say that uh, it's uh, it's cool to be seen in VR because we have a youtube video recording which is made by the way uh Using our internal recording tools that are available on the platform, that's something which is crazy. We have a super complex system of cameras everyone can use. Uh, And um, basically, uh, in VR, but in VR is living very well. So it starts that you are in this, the concert starts that you're in Philadelphia and crossing of the two streets. Philadelphia is the city of the singer, of course. And he's singing on top of a van. And he starts rapping, yo, 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 and does his stuff. And you are in front of it with the other people, with the other 15, 20 people uh, that are in your instance of the concert. And, okay, you listen to the music, uh, and uh, the funny thing is that we don't say anything. But uh, you have two portals, like Rick and Morty portals, on the two walls, one on the left, the other one on the right. And it's funny because uh, we, we have some recordings of what happens with people. So they listen to the music. At a certain point, one notices the portal and says, what the hell is that portal? So starts going, enters into the portal on the left, and it comes out on the one on the right. And the people are the same. The singer is the same, but the style of everything has changed. So from Philadelphia, you find yourself in a cartoon world, with uh, everything is like a green valley with weird plants with eyes. And the avatar of the singers become cartoon as well. But he is exactly like before, he's continuing the same song, like, nothing changed. Uh, He's uh, dancing, he's moving, and you're, like, confused a bit. The interaction things are the same, but they look different. Then you try to go again in the portal, and you have another style, the space. So the singer is on the spaceship and keeps singing. And the funny thing is that this changes only for you. So people go to the protest and say, oh, wow, everything now is a cartoon world. Because they were saying, I'm in Philadelphia. The singers said, no, it's a cartoon world. And they don't start understanding what's happening. And since at the point of course, saying, I was that point- But was that done on world. purpose? Yes. yes. And there are some videos that show shot this, this happens. And then people start entering into the portals and they start getting crazy and then they start commenting on something, but they're in different parallel universes, so they don't understand each other. And this happens also with me during the test, like uh, something was not working, I would say, oh, this is bad, I click on this and the, and the thing is not looking at me. And my colleagues were like, no, to me it works. No, it doesn't work. And they're like, oh, wait, but where are you? Oh, I'm in the cartoon. No, I'm in space. And, <laughs> and then we had to chase each other. Because you see the other people. It's the people are the same. That's a cool thing. It's not that you go to another place. It's really a parallel universe. And uh, the... It's a crazy concept that our art director, La Germasi had, and it was uh, very, very cool to me to, to see and uh, to see that also people loved it. I trust you in, in VR is 10 times better than in the video. So if someone can, on Thursday Friday, can enjoy the concert, I advise you, it's quite short, so I don't lose too much time and uh, you can try this crazy adventure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly will now, because now this is like, <laughs> Crazy. And I suppose it's best experience with others at this point, right? Because this kind of dynamic, you can only have it when you are with other people. Cool. Yes. So, you wanted to add something?
0: No, no, no. I no. said so welcome if you come. I really hope that you, you like it as well. Maybe maybe you will hate it. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm sure you will
1: like it. Nice, nice. So, uh, maybe one one question. What is the role of the community when building something like this? So VRChat is, of course, built by the community to some extent. And in your case, how was it getting the people in? Were you relying on your real-world community to get people? Was that something that lives beyond the event?
0: Well, that's a good question. And I would say that every social VR platform lives only because of the community, especially if you are consumer oriented. Like if you're engaged, maybe you can live with B2B and uh, you don't need a real community. Of course, you have, but uh, I love engaged, by the way. Uh, VR chat lives thanks to the community. It's uh, not a secret, it's their power, it's a strength, really. It's amazing because of that. Uh, and uh, this is what we want to build as well. Of course, we have just started in a way, uh, because we had our Alpha in January, but the platform was very unripe. So. Let's say now we start to be appealing with the, to the community. And uh, it's hard, of course, to build a community because uh, you. it's easy to attack the people closer to you. But even then, maybe come to the concert, and then what do they do? Will they come back the day after to stay in the hub and socialize or whatever? So, and then who's going to build the events? Okay, we can make a big concert every six months, like we did, but it's not enough. You know, two events per year is not a platform. Is it's like a very sad place, I would say, so um, we need a community to help us. and That's why we, we are trying to attract creators of the community in every possible way. <laughs> Uh, I hope someone that is listening to this podcast also will try uh, our uh, platform our tools I said we have a unit for that. The community is everything because they are going they are the ones first of all that build events they are the ones that give you feedback about what to improve They are the ones that bring the people that watch the the concerts they are the ones also cheering for us that uh, you know, may seem like uh, not useful in a company, but we're all people, a company is made of people. When I have some friends of mine in the community they say great event, I loved it, uh, please do others. I I feel really wanted energy. to come the day after to work and do something cool. Yeah, 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 they are pure energy. So without community, we, we are going to die. And uh, these are all other platforms and uh, the community is what can make us shine. So I re- we really try to be, Close to the community. So, of course, the question may be how do you attract them? And that's the million dollar question because uh, sometimes it's unclear why people prefer a platform or another, like uh, VRChat. uh, Again, we love it, but uh, why people stick with VRChat so much and not with, uh, I don't know, Altspace, uh, which had its own community. Everybody has.
1: uh,
0: we don't know how it started. Then the helpers us on YouTube videos, there were some things of the community that started, but it was a bit of a mystery. And this is also to us. We try to do our best to answer to the need of the community, being honest, showing some cool content, and then let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, we all depend on the community in, in general, in, uh, let's say, in our industry.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, now I, I want to kind of like one thing I'm still struggling to understand is how do you juggle the role of the CTO with blogging and share your take on the XR industry? So those feels to some extent two separate careers, but how have you managed to put them together on the same track?
0: I do both of them horribly. That's my secret. Uh, no, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> someone <laughs> believes me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, sorry, Italian sarcasm. So, um, the thing is, uh, the funny, the therapy, I, remember. <laughs> now, I think that there are a mix of things. One is uh, time management. I try always to be efficient in uh, my management of time. Also, uh, often there is a way like you have some moments of ups and downs in never work in uh, the things to do. So, maybe exploiting the moments where a CTO have fewer things to do to maybe do a bit more on the blog. And instead, when I have more things to do, a CTO do a bit less on the blog. So, these kind of things help, uh, help a lot. Um, and of course, uh, work a lot because otherwise, there is not the time anyway to do both of things. And also be realistic about expectations because, of course, since I have a daily job, I can't publish a blog article every day because uh, it's impossible really to do that. So when I, was, when I didn't have a full time job, uh, for instance, I was able to publish it in four articles a week and now I publish maybe two or something like that. So it's a bit of finding the right compromise, finding the motivation to be always there. And uh, juggling the time, but being disciplined, because if you start uh, procrastinating, you can do both. Uh, And uh, at the end of the day, if you manage to do that, uh, it's rewarding to do both. Because on one side, uh, uh, on one side, uh, the the dev side, the dev work, I love it. It's what I studied, what is my passion since uh, many, many years but it's a bit like uh, not human, let's say, you speak with the machine all the time, while the blogging work is good because I can express my opinions, express my feelings, I can connect with people, and so they compensate, and also they help each other, because what I learned while doing CTO can become an article, and uh, maybe some people or companies I met on my work as a blogger can become partner for the company, so if uh, they can help each other, sometimes it's tricky, and just to to tell you, like the last uh, two, three weeks of uh, work on the platform was very, very hard, because we needed to deliver. And whoever did software knows that uh, the days before delivery, they're always crazy. And in that time, I didn't have time to blog at all. And uh, the compromise was okay, now I don't write much when now I finish the work, like now I can start uh, publishing some cool articles again. So I have some Nice. idea have some new articles, and uh, this week I
1: will start again to, to publish something. Nice, nice. Looking forward to it. And uh, giving back on that, like your own impression of the industry, what is in w- what is actually your take on mixed reality? I mean, do you think it had an impact, or it is gonna have an impact? Uh, how do you see that?
0: Well, uh, on one side, I'm a big fan of mixed reality. I work on it since really a lot of years, since two thousand nineteen, in a way. But it's um, let's say that as much as I love it, I think that on the immediate side, I don't see many positive effects in the industry. In the sense, I see long term big positive effects, but in the short term, especially on the sales side of the headset, I I don't see the average uh, consumer buying the Quest 3 because it has mixed reality. It has no idea what it means. It has no idea why it is useful, and so I think short term, like John Carmack also said. I mean, uh, luckily I had the idea before him, so I can't. Say, I can't say I didn't copy him in what he said. <laughs> Glad uh, you said. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, It's really like, uh, it's something we understand, but outside people not. And the applications I've seen until now, some are nice, some are a gimmick that can work in VR. So um, I think we need time to experiment. So like for VR, before having the first cool games, there have been lots of tests and experiments. Mixed reality with a headset is rather new. We still need time to make something that's compelling to buy. So I think that short-term is uh, mostly just for us, that uh, professionals in the field, and long-term is instead going to be huge for everyone. And the fact that Apple chose mixed reality with a headset, which is a long-term projected success, it means that they have the same idea that long-term this is going to, to be maybe a great technology to use.
1: So you mentioned when talking about mixed reality, about I felt like you were referring to games and less to other content like apps or productivity or entertainment, something that, for example, Apple seems to be bad on, giving of what they have shown, right? It seems like it's an app more to do work, talk with people, consume content. Uh, How do you see that? Do you think that in this case, like for VR mixed reality will thrive on game first or it would be now the moment where people start finding value in mixed reality as a way to be productive or connect with people other than purely entertainment? That's a very good question.
0: In my opinion, I really hope for the second because... uh, I, I love their games, but uh, I find that the fact that uh, the Quest is a console a bit limiting to what is the real uh, potentialities of uh, extended realities. Uh, games are amazing, we all love Helix. we all love uh, you know, Beat Saber, et etc. But uh, XR can be much more. And uh, I think one thing that I love of Apple is that it showed uh, the VisionPort as a general purpose device. Uh, special computing, all these buzzwords, but it's really like you can play with it, you can work with it, you can watch TV, you can do lots of stuff. and I think that should be the vision. Also, mixed reality gaming, in my opinion, has its own purpose for some kind of games. I did have mixed reality games, of course, I can't say they're all horrible, but there is, uh, for me, one little difference. So, uh, VR is a technology that makes you dream a bit. And gaming is where you dream. So for me, most of the games should be in VR because games are a form of escapism most of the time. And I want to go to the Citadel of Alex. I don't want to see a soldier in my home. I, that's not something that I I will find it so even a bit cringe uh, to see soldiers in my home. So uh, that's uh, try to shoot me, especially. <laughs> so that's uh, that's a fact. Instead. Uh, having other kind of applications, like having a big screen for my computer and Mr. Reality, that would be amazing or something that may help me in cooking or in working, etc. That would be great. So
1: there are some... Actually, there was, there was a good point. There was Yeah, there was a good point because I think the one I didn't expect that actually makes a lot of sense is fitness in a way in mixed reality. Just for a practical reason, because when you are in a space, you are completely mixed reality and then you just have... The physical boundaries, and you might hit things or bump into things, and you don't know when you're moving. If you you're just changing your your physical location, and I believe that's what one of the the things you were doing, right? We hit motion reloaded uh, the game that you put in twenty nineteen, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a crazy story because it, uh, that game is something that uh, I've been very affectionate to. It's. Uh, it's it motion as a long story. It starts even in 2016. But in 2019, uh, it was a game with Kinects and VR. It's really something wow. that I did with a previous Emotional, yes. And uh, in 2019, there was this opportunity with my team at the New Technology World there was especially me and the game designer, Massimiliano Riani, that we had this opportunity of collaborating with HTC because uh, uh, I managed to take the Vive Focus, uh, the day headset, which was like the Quest, uh, but was really before the Quest, the Vive Focus. And uh, the difference with the Quest is that the Focus could give access to the cameras. So there was a sample that you could get the texture of the cameras. So there was no just a sample to get the texture to do whatever you wanted. So I managed to spend some time to modify that sample to put the image on the texture in front of the eyes in a way that was through. Uh, that was 2019, so was two years before the release of Mixed Reality on the Quest. So really a lot of time. I was not the only one in the world. There were other few crazy people like me doing that, either on the Focus or on the Daydream. That was the headset of Google. And uh, But we were the first one trying to, first of all, to put open source uh, plugin to do that, so that all the other developers could do the same. And then to create, try to create a commercial game out of it. So we created this game called Hit Motion Reloaded uh, for the Vive Focus Plus, which was the 60F uh, headset by uh, HTC Vive. We got also some support from HTC China. So thanks to Alvin Graylin and uh, his team there that uh, helped us in doing that. And we launched the game. It was created a group of uh, four or five Italian guys uh, in a weird office in Turin being able to launch a game uh, in China, in Shenzhen, in front of people not understanding a single word that I was saying, from for the annual event of HTC. I mean, that was amazing, really. Wow. I still have the video on YouTube, It's it's crazy. And uh, the game had mixed reality because so, uh, we wanted to do something that could also exploit the 60th power of the Focus Plus. That is like the Quest one, just to make you understand uh, what I'm talking about. And we wanted to do something to do fitness to make people wall, uh, move all around the room. And uh, we noticed also that there is this problem. If I punch and I move around the room, it's very risky. So, putting mixed reality, it was very safe because I always was able to see uh, what, uh, what I was punching. And uh, I could move very safely. I remember during the exhibition, there was another uh, one or two boxing games. And it was always scary seeing the others playing them because the space of the demo was very small. With other, our games, no problem ever happened because people were able to see the surroundings. Even if the space was very small, they just could see what they were punching. And for safety, I always thought that our game was amazing in the sense. And in fact, when we launched it then later, also for the Quest 2, sure, uh, it had uh, both modes. So it had VR and AR, you could choose depending on what you wanted to do. Uh, so especially if you are in a small area, if you want to immerse yourself in an environment and isolate yourself, you could use VR. If you had a small space, uh, you use AR and everything was great. So I think that uh, AR is, uh, uh, has this powerful fitness game, which is very important. Another thing that I just want to say regarding also the experiments on the focus that we did in the past, uh, one thing that I love of past AR with respect to uh, c 2 AR, so the HoloLens, the Magic Leap, the good thing of having the past 3R, so mediation via screen is that you can modify reality. So we had another experience made with a creator called NLF-1, uh, called uh, BitReality, and basically the idea was that uh, uh, you had the headset with the pastor in the right focus and there was uh, uh, a the headset with a microphone could listen to the audio of the surroundings, so you could put some music. And uh, it made the, the world around you uh, flash, the edge of the world flashing following the rhythm of the music. So the more the music was higher, the more you see the more head edge around objects, the more the music was lower, you didn't see anything. And Rafa some funny stories, like we, one night we, uh, we took this uh, headset to the discotheque and make people in the discotheque <laughs> dance with the VR headset on while they were seeing this flashing stuff. And uh, I have to say, since you want suggestion to people, drunk people in the discotheque are the most enthusiastic users of applications I've ever seen. So if you want to feel happy, put a headset on. Yeah, the community? On <laughs> yes. They were like, oh, my God, the best experience of my whole life. I want to buy it. So really everyone was uh, was super happy about that experience. So
1: that was a great good... one. Also, Anthony, I think we span from one thing uh, to another. And I just have one last question. It's like, what is, what is next for you, Anthony? And uh, the scar goes.
0: Well, uh, that's a nice thing. So with, um, with Vroom, we are keeping working on the platform. We have a, we're working on a new project, actually, of a concept, but I can't speak about anything that will kill me. Uh, but uh, on the platform side, we are implementing some features that, that didn't make it for the deadline, but they're almost completed. So we are going to release them in the next weeks. And the difficult thing for these big projects is really, you know, it's like a marathon. It's easy to do a sprint of one month to do a project, finish it, ship it, but you know it because you're also are part of a very cool project that keeping motivated every week for a project that can last forever, it's uh, not easy and yeah. also trying to understand what to do. So now we're trying to plan for the future and develop new features. On the other side, on the on the blogging side, I would say that the plan for me is to is to to keep being back at writing because as I said I missed a few a few articles in last week. And I'm looking for someone cool to interview as well. I it's a lot that I don't do some very cool interviews, so I'm working on it. And in general, also, I should have, last at the end of the month, a new, a new trip planned in Europe, but I don't know if I can talk about it. So let's say traveling again, since I wasn't able to be in Europe, at least I can have my last trip of the year. So this is short term and uh, always so happy to be surprised by what can happen. So if, uh, if someone has
1: proposals of crazy things, uh, I'm always there <laughs> to listen. You know, you know who to contact now. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Anthony, thank you very much. I think that uh, you, if you were here listening, uh, I think uh, was we had, we covered a lot. And remember, of course, to go and try Vroom, uh, join the Scar Ghost uh, blog, and also try HitMotion Motion, uh, preload, reloaded, uh, so that you can experience how the for one of the first, literally one of the first mixed reality fitness game uh, was actually made. So. Anthony, thank you very, very much for being here.
0: Thanks to you. It's been a pleasure. And thanks everyone listening to my (laughs) monologues. I wish you a great day in VR.
1: Bye-bye. Maybe see you in room for the next event. Yes. See you on Thursday. Bye-bye.